past, I think, 20 years, Sheila, I've been um, running after a cure, hoping to be uh, cured, finding a yeah. treatment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I realized in the last eight years, which is why I start, started my journey, is, okay, I have this. What's the best I can make of it, right? Exactly. And so instead of sitting home and being depressed, always throw challenges at us, but the difference lies with what we make of these challenges. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Podcast with Sheila. I have conquered cerebellar ataxia, and now I'm conquering the world, one day at a time. These are the words of Alma Chopra, our guest for today. Alma is an entrepreneur, an experienced life counselor. Her life story, which is an embodiment of hope, faith, and courage, is what she'll be sharing with us today. Hello, Alma, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you for having me and letting, giving me an opportunity to share my story with your listeners. Great. Do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share with us today? Um, I have a lot of favorite quotes. Um, I think one that has stuck with me is, blessed are the cracked, for they light, let the light in, by Groucho Marx. I heard that when I was younger and I didn't really understand it. Now I feel it's very profound and it speaks to what I believe in, what I try to do. Great. I, 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 don't, I believe people such as myself who are looked at um, as a lesser species kind of, I, I don't think that's what we are. I think that's how society puts us down and portrays us, but I think we have a heightened ability in other areas that is often overlooked. Great, great, great. Give us a little background story of who Alma is, where she comes from, how life was growing up just before the crisis hit, all of that. Sure. Um, I was born and brought up on the East Coast of of the United States. Um, specifically uh, New Jersey. Um, I moved to India when I was 30 years old. Um, My childhood, I had a pretty storybook childhood, um, playing on the sidewalks with my friends. I had a very quaint and beautiful neighborhood that I grew up in. Um, I would bike ride with my friends in the neighborhood. I would walk to the local pizzeria, um, so, um, and so it was pretty ideal um, until uh, the crisis hit and I was diagnosed um, at about 10 years old with a neurological condition. Great, great. So um, how has life been like um, since the diagnosis? Um, I would say it's been more than two decades with um, with the diagnosis. And I would say my life has been in stages. Um, my condition has progressed very slowly. Um, so I would say the first year, I just kind of, um, it wasn't in denial, but I tried to shrug it off because I was, I'm a very uh, strong-headed person. 
Um, then I, my next phase was kind of reclusiveness and introversion. And then the acceptance started. And that's still something I'm working on. Okay, so let's take it slowly at this point. Um, what are some of the things you were able to do that you can't do now since the crisis hit? Okay, so um, let me, first let me put it in a little perspective. You, Great. at this point, um, I'm unable to walk uh, without assistance. Okay. Um, so uh, let me back up a little more. Yes. So it's a, as a motor, uh, basically it's a motor problem. Okay. Um, it's, it's a problem with your motors, uh, coordination, your balance starts in your star balance. My brain, my tissues in my brain have been degenerated. Um, so going back to the beginning of my diagnosis, um, I was uh, pre-diagnosis, I was a gymnast. And as we, most of us know, strength, coordination, balance, all of that is required um, as a gymnast. Um, um, during diagnosis and post-diagnosis, so the, my ability to coordinate a movement uh, quick enough um, and coordinated enough to run, I, I'm not, I wasn't able to run shortly after my diagnosis. Um, I would, I, I don't, I, I stopped being able to um, jump um, slowly, but now I can't, I don't have the coordination to do that anymore. Um, my depth perception slowly has been affected. So meaning uh, when there's a step down, when you climb down steps, there's not enough light. I don't know that there's a step involved. Um, so the, these are activities of my, my handwriting uh, got worse and worse. And I still can write, but it's unless I practice it, um, uh, it's very in. It's very not readable. Um, so that's where I am right now. And again, my movements have been slow, slowly they degenerated. Um, my speech is also something that has been affected. Um, of course, the the I would say the agility, which with which which with I can speak, that has been affected. Um, but uh, continuous therapy and continuous movement of the muscles definitely help in my condition and as well as in any motor condition. Great, Alma. Thank you very much for giving us an insight to what exactly is going on and educating us on what the, the situation actually really is. When you were giving your... Um, earlier on you had mentioned that lesser species that is how some people put you is is there a type of way that people treat you or that kind of treatment you receive that you are not pleased with i ask because you just said lesser species yeah so um Sheila, i was uh, I went through my uh, undergrad. I went on to pursue my master's, and so I'm very qualified. I'm, I'm uh, very good at what I do. I'm very intelligent, but I think 
Um, I mean, definitely not in India, but uh, not in the States as well, although there's more opportunity there. Uh, would I ever get uh, equal opportunity or fair chance to do something, uh, my counterpart would uh, be given the opportunity to do. So when I say lesser species, um, I think um, it's, I, I think this is true in the UK as well, but it definitely, so we say disability, right? That's a very derogatory word. Yeah. Um, so you say to me, you class, like um, society classes people like me, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, right? Yeah. Um, but then what's worse is I tell myself that I have a disability, right? What does that tell you? Or what does what will that tell me, right? If I say, oh Alma, you're dis, right? Yeah. Think about it. What what words do you associate dis with? It's disillusion, dislike, dissatisfied, disappointment, right? The prefix dis makes the word sound is negative, right? Yeah. So that's one thing I would I want to work on and try to change that. So people such as myself uh, not only feel better about themselves, but society can look at us differently, right? Because like you said, Sheila, going back to the quote that I believe in, which is blessed are the cracked for they left the light in. Um, yeah, yeah, every, everyone has deficiencies, right? Even if you're not uh, labeled as uh, like disabled, at some point, everyone is disabled, right? Yeah. With an illness or with an emotional issue or with stress. So it's not, I mean, it's not really fair to give people like me a, a disadvantage. Well, that's well said. That's really well said. Your quote again, let me go back to that because I just caught on it and I think that is um, very enlightening. It says, blessed are the crack for they let light in. Is that it? Yes. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, um, despite all the challenges you went through, because it hit at the age of 10, and then you, it's been going for two decades, and that didn't, that, that didn't put you down. You have a degree, a first degree, and a second degree. How have you been able to achieve this? I believe you have, you have achieved other things as well, which we'll be talking about later. But let's start from here. How have you been able to overcome all the challenges and then gone on to achieve a first degree and a second degree despite uh, the challenges? Yeah, that's a good question. And I get that question often. Yeah. Um, my response is, uh, my response usually is faith. Um, I became spiritual at a very young age. I'm not really sure how, but it was kind of an innate thing that was, was sparked within me. Yeah. Um, but now in retrospect, if I think about it, um, I believe that even at birth, before we're born, uh, we're, we are given the challenges that we're going to have to live with, whether it's illness, what, whatever it is, right? Whether it's yeah. a family, but, yeah. you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I think we're given the strengths that we can, we need to overcome. Yeah. So I think 
I, I think I was given that resilience yeah. um, and in kind of in the guise of in the guise of faith yeah. um, so, to believe like there's there's a reason for everything, right? There's some not maybe it's not some good and it makes it take some time, but I believe everything happens for a reason, right? So if you can kind of grasp that, um, I think your your ability to or your resilience or ability to reconcile would be easier. Beautiful. Is there any project you are embarking on at the moment at the moment that you'd like to share with us? Um, I'm sorry, you said project? Yeah. Okay, well, um I'm I I'm currently working, um, but I just started my own venture. So right now I'm a motivational speaker and I go out and I give speeches. Um but I'm so I want to I'm going to start a campaign for ability awareness um, for people such as myself. Like what I said, I want to kind of eliminate the word disability. Um, so I want to start that campaign. Um, that's that's what I currently am trying to just raise awareness um, and share my story with other people. So hope that'll be, inspire them to maybe change their thinking or inspire them to share their own stories. What would be the better word? I agree with you that it shouldn't be called disability. What would be the better word you would wish to throw out there to be accepted, to be used? That's a good question. I haven't gotten my head, really I haven't gotten my head around it. I know I want to do it. And I know the uh, repercussions of the word, Um, but I know like in India here, they call people such as myself, specially able, which is again, derogatory, um, saying that I'm more special than you. Why, why am I more special than you? Like, right? I mean, you and I are the same piece. I mean, we both have a soul, we're both people. I just may have gone through more things than you, that's it. So I think um, specially able is not very- uh, It's not the right way. Yeah, disabled, so I, I, let me get back to you on that, Sheila. Yeah, great, great. Um, what is a normal day like for you? Um, so a normal day for me is, I would say like a normal day for everyone else. Yeah. Um, Right. Um, So a day for me is I wake up at around six in the morning. I like to do my therapies and my physical work and um, um, my yoga and gym and horse riding in the morning hours before 12. Then I, um, in the evening hours, the afternoon and evening hours, I would start my work because in India I work ESC hours. So I start in the evening. Yeah. But um, if that doesn't happen, I'm, I'm taking it easy. I'm trying to de-stress myself. So meditation, mental exercises, playing Sudoku, things like that. Great. What are some of your life achievements? Um, okay, so uh, I mean, I think some of my achievements are uh, 
like winning awards for poetry, but I written, I used to write poetry as a kid, um, actually until I was about 20 years old. Oh. I got a couple of awards. That definitely gives you a good feeling. But I think that, um, I think I want to define achievements. So like, like uh, for example, people set out to, set out to make goals for themselves, yeah. uh, which I'm very much for. I'm very goal-oriented myself. But what I'm not for is resolutions, like okay. New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Right? I'm going to lose 30 pounds by February 25th. Um, once that doesn't happen, uh, uh, if that doesn't happen, number one is it gets me very disheartened and demotivated. Right. But number two is, does the ends justify the means, right? Yeah, the yeah. end is the losing the 30 pounds or the, the goal or the resolution. I believe, uh, I believe our, um, we should emphasize the means because that's where, that's the, uh, that's what gets us to the goal, right? If yeah. we're just a focus on the goal of losing 30 pounds, well, we're not going to enjoy going to the gym. We're not going to enjoy eating the food. And that's all, all of our time is comprised in eating or, or going to the gym, right? Or doing something we don't like, right? So yeah, we might attain the goal, but if we don't like the means of getting there, we're going to have a whole slew of other issues. So true. That's so true. That's so true. On this journey, would you say um, that any lessons you've learned within the two decades of this journey, has there been any lessons you'd like to share with us? Um, yeah, I think being able to see the positive and any negative, um, like I said, um, I believe I'm very spiritual and I believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So as you can imagine, there have been very, there have been a lot of uh, unfavorable circumstances in my life, but I think I've been able to um, get past them with the ability to say, okay, this is negative, but how can I see the positive in this? Yeah. Um, uh, let me let me try to give you an example. Okay. Um, uh, I came I came to India. Um, uh, let's see, about I would say about eight years ago, and uh, I just came with maybe twenty five percent of my stuff because when I came, we were under the impression that I was just coming to India for treatment. Okay. Right, for six months, which ended up not being the case, but. Um, in the course of me being here, I lost all of my possessions. And um, that was very negative for me, right? All my uh, souvenirs, all my childhood memorabilia, all of my clothing, all of my jewelry, that was very hurtful for me. But I, I tried not to dwell on it. And I tried to look, okay, you know, these things, they're not gonna stay with me forever. You know, okay. yeah. I, you know I can, or anyone can dwell on these situations, but for how long? Yeah. You know, I mean, life goes on. It's not, it, you know, these situations, 
Like my my condition, my medical condition, uh, it was a life changer, right? Yeah. And it definitely did change courses of uh, five lives, me and my family members especially. Um, but for me, uh, like for the last, I think, 20 years, Sheila, I've been um, running after a cure, hoping to be uh, cured, finding a yeah. treatment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I realized in the last eight years, which is why I start, started my journey, is, okay, I have this. What's the best I can make of it, right? Exactly. And so instead of sitting home and being depressed, mm -hmm. saying, oh, poor me. Oh, but I have, you know, I have an issue. What can I do now that can empower me, basically? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, you know that thing you said there, when you find yourself in a situation, you ask yourself, what can you do to empower you and to empower people who needs to be empowered? You get it, because it's only the strong that can lead. And unless we become strong for ourselves, we can never lead. And trust me, somebody may be in a situation, not exactly as yours, but may be in some kind of situation and is hoping to listen to some hope hope news or some hope story like yours you get it what do we make out of any situation it could be any situation so just like mine when i was so sick in the hospital and nearly at the point of death i was asking myself on my hospital bed what can i make of this story and that was when podcast with Sheila just dropped into my spirit and when i came out of the hospital i think i've shared this numerous times on this podcast that when I came out of the hospital, I started it and gladly um, COVID hit. So it gave me enough time to explore this opportunity and we are here today. So from everything you've said, what I grasped was whatever we are going through, we should try and see the light at the end of the tunnel and be asking ourselves, what can we do or what can we make out of a situation to impact lives? and for us to also be blessed as well. So we are not just going to be blessed, but others are going to be blessed in the process. And I think we've really, really done well listening to your story. Too many positives in there that we can take along as we journey on in life. Thank you very much. So we'll take a short break. And when we come back, it will be the time of truth where we'll get to know you a bit more. So what is your favorite country? My favorite country is North America. Great. I've been to a few countries, um, but I think the law and order, the rules, those resonate with me most. I'm a very, uh, I'm a type A personality. So I like lines, I like borders. So I would have to say North, North America. Great. Your favorite song? I have a lot. Um, so my go-to artists are people like Celine Dion, Faith Hill, Christina Perry. I think that can give me an idea of uh, who I like. But there are few songs in particular that give me goosebumps every time I hear them. Um, and th those are uh, Firework by Katy Perry okay. and Fight Song by Rachel patterns um what is your favorite book uh a book that i've read when i was younger um resonated with me and stayed with me 
It's called A Thousand Tomorrows by Karen Kingsbury. And it's a Christian novel. And even though I'm not Christian, uh, that book was so emotional and just, it was so profound that it stayed with me even till today. Great. Your favorite color? Um, I can't answer that, Sheila. Um, I really <laughs> like colors. Um, so the, any combination of blue, green, purple, and pink, uh, I like colors that when they mix, I, yeah. what they represent. So I can't just name one color. Yeah, I understand. And uh, your favorite phrase? My favorite phrase, uh, something I believe in as well, yeah. is do what you like and like what you do. Um, wow. Just like um, I was telling you about my uh, goal setting, Mm -hmm. I think the emphasis is not on the ends, it should be on the means. And when we like what we do, we will perform. And when we do what we like, we will perform. There's no question about that. Yeah, that's so true. Finish these sentences. I wish. I think you're helping me with um, my wish is my wish right now is that I wish I could share my nuggets of wisdom, freedom and vitality quicker and reach more people. So thank you, Sheila, for helping me do that. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now, not, nothing in this world can. Definitely. Nothing in this world can make you happy. You have to be, your happiness starts from here. Even if you're given most beautiful situations, the most beautiful life to live in, the most beautiful family, um, you're given the most wealth, um, the most success, whatever you consider success, that's not going to give you happiness. Unless and until you're happy from within, uh, you're not really happy. So true. I pray. Um, I pray that actions are, can be propelled by love and trust instead of fear and hatred. I will love to. I at this point, I would love to make a meaningful impact on the world with my story and the lessons I've learned. Great. I believe. I believe in the power of love. That sounds very naive and, again, very idealistic. But I truly believe if your actions are propelled by love, really the sky is the limit. So true. So true. If your actions are propelled by love, the star, the sky is a limit. That's true. What will your best advice be to everyone watching us as we wrap up? My advice to uh, people watching this is something that I heard when I was a kid again and again. Um, that's this too shall pass. Mm, and good. when you're depressed or when you're in a challenging situation, it sounds like, what the hell, what kind of wisdom is this, right? But it really is true. Um, just, you, you know, um, I'll, I'll give you the cliches, you know, time heals all wounds. Um, and really, you know, with enough time, with enough nurturing, time will heal. Um, will heal you. And the next one is, again, a cliche, a euphemism. Uh, what does not kill you makes you stronger. Mm. 
So I, just like we're born with the strengths, we need to conquer all of our weaknesses. I think um, if we if we stay in a positive mindset, even through our challenging times, uh, we can not only conquer weaknesses, but come out uh, as a champion on the other side. Because once we accept our weaknesses, then we understand that uh, if the challenging situation didn't kill us, yes, it left us a scar, but um, it makes us stronger, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sheila, um, I just want to also tell your listeners, um, there's a Japanese art they make by breaking bowls and then gluing them back together again. And that is one of the most prettiest art forms. And it's a very strong art form. Okay. Well, that's just a test to um, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So true. So true. I think that we've talked about a lot of things. I'd like to say thank you very much, Alma, for giving us an insight to your life and everything you had to deal with. And despite all the challenges, you are telling us that nothing should break us. If you were able to do it, everyone else can do it. Um, in 20 decades, you've had to go through the difficult and challenging times of your life, but you managed to come up with a first degree and a second degree. You're still doing more, hoping to inspire others around the world, going through some sort of challenge to know that they can never lose, lose hope and give up because there's always light at the end of the tunnel when we go exploring. So thank you very much for coming on podcast with Sheila today. Um, thank you, if you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 38 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for podcast to share on YouTube and you'll find us. Until we meet again, have a brilliant week. Mm-hmm.